0: Welcome to the Tark Ansari experience. Be sure to fasten your seatbelts and keep your hands inside the ride at all times.
1: Are you ready? Because it's gonna be a bumpy ride! <laughs> oh, that's right! We are on a roller coaster of a show. It starts right now. Tark Ansari show right here on a Friday, July 23rd. Not at all being pre recorded today. ha ha ha! Great show coming up today. we got face-to-face with the one, the only, ESPN 710 and KTTH 770's Paul Gallant. He's going to join us in just a couple of seconds. Uh, Later on, we're going to talk about, well, Seattle. Why... Is Seattle the most perfect city over the summer? Why? Like, why? Why? What makes it better than San Francisco? Besides the fact that you can actually afford to live here somewhat, and what what, what takes it above the notch of a New York or say a San Diego? We're gonna get into all that later on, but we got face to face coming up here, which means only one thing: we well we gotta introduce our guests and. A new feature here on the Tarrican, I'm sorry, Tarikan sorry, show. Even I mispronounce my name. Uh, he, Paul's laughing, but I'm pretty sure he... I mess it up all the time. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of half the time. Or at least here.
0: I feel like I'm about to, because I am just. I feel guilty <laughs> constantly because I was raised Catholic, and that's just a natural
1: byproduct of that <laughs> life. Awesome. Well, well, Paul, we haven't even played your walk-up music yet.
0: Walk-up music. Here let's he go. Is.
1: Here he is. Here he comes. <laughs> Paul
0: lot! God, man. Oh, a little George Michael action! This is fantastic. Wham! So, uh, it's you said it's gonna be a bumpy ride. Um, <laughs> I, I'll make an admission: I'm terrified of roller coasters. Uh oh!
1: You're already on one. I, I know. Yeah, I just found this out. So you tricked me into I, I did. somehow getting me on a roller coaster. I, so I did, and you know what? So far, you seem you seem like you're doing pretty good. I mean, you're you're having a wham of a time. I haven't puked co- yet. Oh wow, that was well done. <laughs> yeah, that was mm. that was nice and corny. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you haven't puked yet. Honestly, roller coasters not my scene either. Like. Uh,
0: Final destination, whatever it was, I think it was three, where the thing fell apart it was basically like the last straw. But yeah, there's something about it. I just feel like the thing's not going to hold up when I'm on it, and I'm sure that for the most part it is. But there's a part of me that thinks, what if I extend my leg too long? Is it just going to get absolutely knocked out of its socket? Am I going to be a yeah. one-legged guy afterwards? <laughs> there's there's a there's <laughs> a bunch of random paranoias that I have.
1: No, totally. You don't you don't want to be the next Professor X. I know that. No, it's just it's not not a vibe you want. But you know what a vibe you do want is Daft Punk right here for our next segment, Face to Face. Oh yeah! So much music going around. We haven't even done any stories that we we're already like two minutes in. I've already played like three songs. Is this what top forty radio stations do? This is fun. Uh, well, it is now because I'm about to influence them all. It's called the, the, it's called. You know what it is? It's the Mediterranean method. Because, the Mediterranean method. The Middle Eastern. I'm Lebanese. Okay. Yeah. I I can say that. You know. They can't, but I can. That's how these things work. But yeah, let's get right into it with our first story today. Uh, you know. I talked about this a lot on Monday, and it seems like we're, uh, mask-wise, we're about to, we're kind of going backwards a little bit, you know? Yeah. It, uh, public health experts are calling on, this is according to NPR, uh, which for those of you out there keeping score, means National Public Radio, and it also means you have to talk like this. This is National Public Radio. That's how all NPR people talk. But anyway. They are now saying uh, public health experts are calling on the CDC to change its mask guidance. Basically, guidance as of now is essentially, you know, if you're vaccinated, you're chill. But now that we've got like, you know, more more cases and the variant, uh, there's been encouragement from certain uh, CDC. I'm sorry, from certain public health experts to bring back the masks, at least inside. Uh, And I've made my opinion clear on this, and that is. Uh, you know, the people who haven't gotten vaccinated who are at risk here are very much aware of the risk assessed to them. People who are vaccinated do not want to have to go backwards for something they've already been vaccinated against. I'm curious, what do you think about this, Paul? So, to just make a
0: devil's advocate argument for the other side, the idea is that the Delta variant gets inside somebody who is unvaccinated and whether it affects them or not, it mutates into something else. Mm -hmm. That's the fear. Yeah. But I'm with you in that. I, I think a lot of people have already made their choice. And I'll also just say this. People are very tired of being told what to do, I would say, on both sides of the whether or not you're vaccinated yeah. um, decision, I guess, and everything's become so one side or the other these days. But good luck telling people that you want to put them back on. And the next question is, okay, well, does this mean also that you're going to put in some sort of restrictions that affect small business, restaurants, things like that. Movie theaters, which seem to be mm-hmm. opening up all of a sudden, I need to go see a movie clearly if yeah. I, before these restrictions start. A Quiet Place, too. I got to see that.
1: So, <laughs> I a radio host wants to watch A Quiet Place. I think the irony is great. It's a great movie. It's a theater yeah. experience. Did you see the first one? No, I did. I was. I'm, I'm such a scaredy cat when it comes to horror films. It's, but was it was it worth it though? Is it's it worth it?
0: one of the best movies experience wise that i've seen because you're in a theater everyone else is there and it was dead quiet and the whole movie's quiet too and it it just it just added to it it's a it's a movie that i highly recommend if you do watch it and you haven't seen the first one all right it's probably too late on that front but (laughs) watching that movie in a theater was hilarious um Partly because of just the way that the crowd reacted, but also because one of my friends dropped not one but two glasses of wine on the floor in, <laughs> in the midst of this movie, and wow. it was just it was just really funny. Sound yeah. effects, classic Brandon. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone turned around and looked, and 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 the first time is <laughs> one thing. The second time, you're like,
1: "Jeez, Brandon, Bro. clean it up, <laughs> Brandon." All of those of you here on the show, Brandon, you're getting called out right now.
0: (laughs) Listen, I love Brandon. It was a funny experience and I'll never forget it. It's probably one of my favorite movie-going experiences, not just because (laughs) of how cool it was that the movie was entirely quiet and that the theater was entirely quiet, but also because of that.
1: It does sound very... I will have to check that. Hopefully... I'm hoping that maybe they do like one of those like double, uh, those double showings of the drive-ins where they show the old version and the new version. First. Maybe and at those- some point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There, there was something about seeing it in the theater though. I, I don't know that the
1: drive-through would exactly be able to recreate That's it. That's true. I mean, I mean, we, we, you know what? I, I, I may have to buy my own theater. Who? Know? I, all these different. We options. all need to buy our own theater. We all do. All do. But speaking of buying, are we gonna, are we gonna buy ourselves out of this CD? <laughs> that was a transition and a half. I like it. But like, we're. Again, I feel like, again, we're going backwards and I I totally get that angle of it that, you know, there's variants out there and that there is some risk. But you almost have to ask yourself, you mentioned with the small businesses and theaters, you made a great point. You know, where's the risk being assessed here? Like, is there a bigger chance that we are going to be, you know, infected by this? Or is there going to be a greater chance that our economy is going to take yet another hit? Hit, A hit that we may not be able to recover from for a while.
0: We're already there. And that that may be a factor in as far as the decision making that takes place. I honestly can't say what they do next because they've been so unpredictable with how they have handled just about every step of this, which is understandable to a degree. I mean, it's something that they're figuring out on the fly. That's sort of how science works. But when you are telling people to do one thing and then all of a sudden you are saying wait a second you can't do this now after people are taking the necessary steps that is confusing and a lot of people will just say well all the people who aren't getting the vaccine it's their fault I mean maybe the vaccine what I do know is that if it doesn't 100% prevent you from getting coronavirus necessarily but it's going to probably prevent you from having to go to the hospital or suffering serious side effects sure so to each their own make your own decision on it But I I think that we're now at the point with the amount of vaccinations that we have across the country, and specifically I would just say locally here, that I feel like you don't need to necessarily make any changes. I I feel like we have seen the worst already, and that now it's time to start operating like we are back in 2019 before all of this happened.
1: I agree. I agree. I think uh, speaking of operating, I'm telling you one team that was operating on – on incredible, incredible stamina last year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. As we transition to another story here, a couple days ago, the Bucks went to the White House to talk to Biden about legislation. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, what was that? Oh, no, hold on. My assistant just told me it was because they won the Super Bowl, and this is something they do with all presidents, except for year. Trump. <laughs> it's but-
0: interesting that the
1: <laughs> visiting of
0: a president's office has become such a big deal, and it's really something that's taken place. Over the last decade, and if I'm not mistaken, it started with a Boston Bruins goalie by the name of Tim Thomas, who did not go to the Obama White House after the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. And people online, this is when social media had really started being the thing that it is, started talking about it. And they're like, well, look at this guy. He doesn't like Obama, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, guys who refused to go... It became they refused to go as opposed to maybe they didn't want to go or or it yeah. was some sort of political statement to not go. Here's the thing with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> now, Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls. He has been invited often. Yes. And while I know some people are going to overinterpret how affable he was and loose he was and just different than he ever was with the New England Patriots, making some jokes about people who were denying the election, making some jokes about what people call Joe Biden, but I feel like people... Tarek loved to overinterpret these happenings to suit their own political agenda and hmm. I mean Brady Brady didn't go to the Obama White House once after the, the Obama's press secretary I forget his name made it a flake gate joke about him and then people oh, acted yeah. like it was this big statement that. that he did not go and then you add in like oh well one time Brady had a hat in his locker I I, I know I've sort of hijacked this but this <laughs> is something that does bother me I don't get why we care about the individual politics of athletes i mean tom brady i love him he's my favorite athlete ever but wow yeah i even more than james harden (laughs) yeah you're trolling me uh there there is yeah this is a guy who like i don't think is the most informed human being in the world and i'm not turning to him for his political opinions on anything and you know what by that same logic like i We get so worked up about like Colin Kaepernick's opinions or LeBron James' opinions. And I've sort of, with this little incident that's taken place and people are running with it in as many directions as they are, I've started to just look at it from why do we care? They're
1: athletes. They have opinions, much like every single other yeah. American does. I think it, it just grabs headlines. You know, it definitely. Look, does. Colin Kaepernick thought this brownie was yummy. <laughs> Be like Colin. You know, that one, one of those things. Uh, by the way, in case in case you're uh, wondering out there, what T- Tom Brady did say? Uh, you know, obviously you alluded to it, but here is what he said at the White House. This was on Tuesday, as the audio refuses to play until now. But we found our rhythm. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people, you know, think that we could have won, and. um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. <laughs> yep. And I remember when Brady was doing one of those debates against Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes kept calling him in a, in yeah. a, a Sleepy sleepy Tom. Sleepy Tom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I think that was a good joke that he made at his own yeah. expense. Self-deprecation's fine. It is. But people, I think, wanted to turn it into, oh, he's distancing himself from Trump. And, oh, how dare he have voted for Trump back in the day. And, I mean, this is the biggest problem we have these days is that people are getting vilified for their own specific political beliefs as if voting for one person because of maybe one or a variety of different reasons – reflects upon your character in some way shape or form and that that to me is is something that we need to stop doing
1: yeah and it, i completely agree with that because i mean he's someone that was a friend i think a friend of trump's before he they went ran golfing for together right. yeah exactly so if he's gonna obviously and- have more i mean if he didn't read into like what trump you know truly was which again I, I can see what his appeal was back in 2016 but by the time you get to 2018 you're like oh <laughs> in some ways so it's just like when people again you make a great point when people you know chastise people. How could you vote for that guy? You yeah. should have gun. I swear to On God. On both sides. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's nasty. It Brady is.
0: has gone out of his way his entire career to say nothing. Now he finally is. So this has been actually interesting to see the way that he's handling that aspect of his career not being in New England and being with Tampa Bay where outside of New England things are just a lot more loose it's basically Sparta there when it comes to just what they expect out of their athletes on a day to day basis so I've enjoyed (laughs) seeing this actual different side of Tom Brady where it seems like he's actually being authentic but I think some people need to calm down with the overinterpretations off of a couple of jokes that he made where he's trying to be friendly. I mean, exactly. those are funnily ball-busting jokes that you would make with your friends regardless of political opinion.
1: Exactly. Like, if we're getting sensitive to this, like, I watch, like, old Roddy Jangerfield and old Don Rickles or uh, all, like, um, all those old, like, great comedians from, like, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and they make, they make jokes similar to this that are either self-deprecating or they make fun of something by being extreme. They don't mean it, but we live in a society now that is so sensitive! Like, like, you know, oh, he said the word, oh, Democrat, oh, I can't do anymore, no, oh, no, like, like uh, uh, you, um, you think that's a funny voice, but that's pretty much half of the, de- de- the, half of the left right there, I mean, that's everybody on CNN, that's what they sound like, speaking of CNN, ooh. again, transitions are getting better and better each second, so Biden and Don Lemon had a town hall that is being shamed, by many for well for one because it was very quote-unquote poorly attended and also because Don Lemon's questions were very much brought into brought into question for being ex- extremely left-leaning okay and I found this amusing that this was a story like we're all like what do
0: you expect you know it's like, exactly
1: like it's like wait what That's like saying Fox News said that they, they they would rather have Trump as president no way I never would have expected that hold the phone Chris Wallace can you believe this? <laughs> like, no, this is this is a non-news story, but it's just it, again it goes on to show that as someone who I mean works, I guess here in radio, how much I feel like TV news with CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News is so slanted in their own directions that it's just it's it's too it feels very partisan, and this is just it, kind it,
0: of backing it, it that is. up. It is, it is, and and look, it's natural because I mean these these people who are in the job they have political opinions yeah. and they're not as afraid to share them these days, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe maybe that's something that we don't want. But when the people who are in charge have their own specific opinions and keep hiring certain ways mm-hmm. and hiring certain people that are willing to share them, then this is sort of the culture that you create and the perception, yeah. which might not be true in the case of every single person that works at these networks as far as like where they lean politically. I'm sure some are leaning in ways further than others. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't know the questions that were actually asked by Don Lemon um of Joe Biden, but I'm not expecting him to be asking specifically hard-hitting questions that are going to put him in the worst of light. Maybe that's his responsibility. I, As someone who works in sports media, I've always found it weird that some people expect me to make people uncomfortable during interviews. I yeah. would rather just have a fun time in a conversation yeah. with the guy, but I understand why some people are asking for it. I would just get. I would just ask them. Like, it's a sports conversation. Do you, Do you really feel the need for me to be hard on this person? Like I'm Woodward and Bernstein. Do you really think no. that me asking someone a question that's going to annoy someone for five minutes is going to put the slightest dent in the day of and, an athlete who's making millions of dollars? And are, no. gonna,
1: are they going to come back to the show? That's the other part of it. That too. too. It's just. It's crazy. A, you know, yeah. you if you really feel inclined to do that version of your show, get your own show. Yeah. I don't see you having a show. You're just texting, bruh. Uh, I think he, uh, Biden and especially Lemon got a lot of flack for this question. So this is an actual question from Don Lemon last night. You've been the big guy for six months in the White House. Can you take us behind the scenes? Something that was extraordinary or unusual that happened that stands out to you? The big guy. I did not know that Biden was a member of the mob. Hey, hey
0: is that what is that what the, <laughs> the guys in the mob go by? Hey the, big the guy. Big guy. hey, the big guy. It seems like it, though. I have been watching The Sopranos Recently, I oh, okay. haven't, okay. I haven't, I haven't seen Anthony referred to uh, Tony Soprano. I haven't seen him referred to as the big guy or anything like that. He's, he's asking it in a very friendly
1: way. That's true. That's I, true. I, but I, I think again, what we're seeing here, this kind of relates to the last story. It's like there's some, also some flack on the other side. Hey, you can't be nice. You yeah, can't be nice. Um, but I, I'm also, this kind of get, brings up an interesting uh, concept or even idea here. Do you feel like? These news networks, these three news networks that, um, as we mentioned, can be you know leaning towards their side, are they, it feels like they're going more after, or at least the primetime hosts, going for the ratings, the hot takes person, that almost is akin to what you see on ESPN and these other sports well, networks. like Skip
0: Bayless and, and uh, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A.
1: Smith. Yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> after his Shohei Otani take, I'm, I'm going to call him Stephen A. Moth from now on, uh, because it was a cold, cold, freezing, freaking cold take. Freezing take whole terrible, awful. He doesn't even know what a baseball is. But like legit. Uh are we seeing these news networks kind of go after this primetime slot with the same like blueprint that ESPN has been using? It feels like that.
0: You wanna have somebody that's going to get some people to think differently. And I think that those who work in the industry are probably going to be a little bit more able to see it for what it is than the average person who's watching every single day Mm -hmm. what I think they are looking for is yeah akin to what you would be looking for in a talk show host more so than you would maybe be looking for from somebody like back in the day uh, Walter Cronkite or Uh, more recently, for someone like myself, Tom Brokaw, they are looking yeah. for somebody who is going to rouse emotion out of people. Yeah, And I don't necessarily have a problem with that because uh, the, the interesting thing about it is people will tune into things because they want to be mad. It's a weird dynamic <laughs> that we have as humans. <laughs> I want to be pissed off! Right. They want people to Eventually. wind them up. Yeah, And you know, to each their own. If that's something that you enjoy, go ahead after it. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's on those particular kind of of television stations. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people that are going to have opinions and actually drive, I guess, conversations, if yeah. you will. And yeah, it's not... It's not quite news the way it used to be and I think it changed when we started covering news for 24 hours it's it's difficult yeah to you know even with all the things that happen on a daily basis it's difficult to just be straight hey here's the news without someone who thinks that they're an expert on it deciding oh well here's my actual a little spin on it my opinion on it too Yeah,
1: it's hard to grasp an audience I see what you're saying yeah um, yeah no I, on that topic I want to get like what has been your your hottest and coldest take? to date, if you can awesome recall take. because i I've, i you mentioned stephen a's takes there's no way your coldest take is worse than
0: usually his... my hottest takes are just taking a dump on some random location <laughs> i've never been to so like indianapolis I, the idea of indianapolis offends me
1: really yeah
0: i don't know how wow. they have a football team they stole that team from baltimore people act like this is this great place to go watch an event it's in
1: indiana it's in like it looks like a tire warehouse. That's where the kids, where the right. play. Yeah.
0: People like Indianapolis because it's centralized and it's easy to get from one thing to the next to the next to the next.
1: Great, <laughs> it has great mass transit. <laughs> right, like
0: it's, well, it's walkable. Like everything, all the events for like say the Final Four or the Super Bowl, it's all within walking distance. It's still Indianapolis. You,
1: you know what else is walkable? Where Oklahoma City?
0: Oh, another one. <laughs> I would never go there. No, if I, mean, I ever go to <laughs> Oklahoma City in my life, then something has gone horribly wrong.
1: <laughs> so I guess I can't rule it out entirely. <laughs> Two months down the line, Paul comes up to me. I found true love in Oklahoma City. <laughs> the thunder has struck. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. It's a good song, and it's also in the name of the NBA team out there. Think yeah, of, I know. Thinking double, yeah. You can't say that,
0: though. They stole them. They, they stole, stole it from us. They did.
1: Thanks. Our precious. Yeah, thanks, Starbucks. Anyway. Howard Schultz, is he, is he to blame? I don't know, yes. Someone, someone's, someone's yes. yeah. Howard Schultz is to blame, screw you! I don't know the specifics, I still haven't watched Sonic Skate, I have the DVD, but from what I know, yes, it's Howard Schultz. All I know is he tried to take our Sacramento Kings away, and I basically, we were just like, nah. Nah, I mean, we're not going to make the playoffs for another 15 years. I wish nah. that they had, though. I, honestly, I no offense. What? Why? Yeah, I, I
0: would gladly steal a team from what, what? somewhere else for the sake of Seattle. It makes me a hypocrite, I know. Yeah, I,
1: it does. But I'm I'm, I'm acknowledging is, it. I'm out of the is, open with it. Well, we all all The rest that Sacramento has, all we have right now is the Capitol building, and that's it. Yeah, what? I don't I mean? care. I don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. It's yeah. the, it's like the 10th most beautiful city in the state. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We just beat out Fresno. It's true. It's true. But... Speaking of cities, another interesting transition here. Uh, We had Quicken Loans, which, by the way, is a private company and does want your money. But they did come out with a journalist piece because they want you to think they're a journalist uh, society. Uh, They came out with the 15 most expensive cities in the United States. And there were some real zingers on here, including the city we're in right now, Seattle, Washington. Now, if you had to guess from 15 to 1, where does Seattle lie? Four. Four? Yeah. I put New York, San
0: Francisco, and Boston ahead of them. Interesting. So you think New York, San Francisco,
1: Boston, Seattle.
0: I'll move Seattle over Boston.
1: Yes. So number three. Yes. All right. Drum roll, please. He is absolutely incorrect. Seattle seventh. Really? Seventh? That's right. Seventh. Uh, cost of living, 56% above US average. The city population of 750,000. The median, get this. So the median monthly rent in the city is two thousand six hundred and forty-two dollars. Yeah, too much money, in my opinion. Of course, you want to hear the, the six cities before, before Seattle. What's number, that? Number six is Oakland. All right, Oakland, California. That is number five, Washington D.C. Number four, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, number three, Honolulu. You know what?
0: I'm stupid for for <laughs> I I I with I should have had I should have had New York higher up on that. True. I don't know why I didn't.
1: Yeah, we got San Francisco, this blows my mind, San Francisco at number two and Manhattan at number one. I don't buy that. Like, I know, I don't, I'm not one to like say I don't believe the facts, but I, I've done some numbers crunching and I just cannot fathom a city being more expensive than San Francisco. As someone who's probably going to be living there soon, I cannot fathom a city being more expensive than San Francisco. There's so many taxes. Yeah, the median monthly rent is $4,323. Holy crap. Are you kidding me? Like, wow. what are you doing?
0: Wow. Yeah, that sounds miserable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, two thousand is not great, and I I just found out today that they're trying to increase my rent. And I'm oh. like, are you serious? There's a homeless per- There's a homeless encampment that's been across the street for for like five months. There's this. But they're random- gonna call it a tourist attraction, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I I sent them an email today, and I was like, can you please at least explain why you're increasing the rent? And I know that that's standard, but they're only offering me a nine month lease. I'm like,
1: legitimately angry about this. I mean, well, you have reason to be. I mean, it's already expensive as it is, and they're just going out. Yeah, and being. I mean, for lack of a better term, a-holes about it.
0: They're it's- jumping it by 8%. And I found that, it, and I looked this up last night, that in the immediate area around me, they are dropping traditionally luxury apartments. And it's not like mine's necessarily a luxury apartment, but they've been dropping as far as rent prices by 6% across the area. And yet they're going to try to pull a fast one. So a nah. difference of 14% on that. Yeah. Look, Look you're no, going- Paul Goulart.
1: You can't let this happen.
0: Uh, if they gave me an explanation, I would probably be a little more understanding. I don't like it, though, when someone says, all right, do this. Is it Ballard you live in? Yes. I mean, it's nice, but like. Ballard's gosh. nice,
1: but it's not nearly as nice as I think some people in Ballard believe it to be. Oh, no, no. It's not as nice. as. Well, I think Fremont's a little nicer, too. Um, mm. That's, my, of course, my opinion, but I get to that Sunday market. and I don't see Ballard having one of those. Oh, they do. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, crap. I'm wrong. Yeah. But it's not as good.
0: Right? It's right next to me, too. I could actually walk to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it worth the (laughs) Well, Uh, I'm not one of those farmer's market basic bros, no. No, No, I mean, well, like, I'm one of those, like, like, garage sale kind of people. It's like, yo, check out this CD. It's actually worth $20 on Discogs. I got it for two. (laughs) Flex, flex, flex. (laughs) That's pretty much how, like, every every Saturday in Sacramento went. Of course, Sacramento, again, being the 10th nicest city in California. But, uh, Paul, that's a great transition to, uh, well, to end this segment. And I appreciate you for coming on. Anytime, uh, Tark. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, well, hopefully we hear more from you in the future, maybe about how the Mariners are going to either completely blow up or, you know, be a success story towards the end of the year. I'd love to see what they end up doing. I would too. These next seven games are gonna be something else. Indeed, the A's Against are about A's. To, A, A's. are about to get the four hey. game sweep hey. and uh Don't say that. I'm sorry, I'm just reporting the news. Just reporting the news. No 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 slants on anything. I'll be back if it's if it turns out otherwise. I will be back. Alright, well we'll bring I'll hold you to that. I'll hold okay. myself to that too. Alright. We'll be right back on the show. Orchestra is the name of the band. The song is Rydine. The year is 1979. And people all over the world are being blown away by this thing called the Synthesizer. And I was not born until 1999, so why am I even playing that song? Who knows? It's a good song, though. Love that album. Solid State Survivor. Listen to it right now. No, actually, no, 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 no. Keep listening to this episode. Then afterwards, listen to the uh, album... Solid State Survivor. Again, our thanks to Paul Gallant for joining us in the first segment. You can hear him Mondays through Fridays from 7 to 10 a.m. on ESPN 710 on Danny and Gallant. And the Paul Gallant solo hour from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. All on ESPN 710, the podcast available online if you're not in the Seattle metro area. So our last segment here, as promised. Well, I feel like when we talk about all that serious stuff, as we did with Paul just now, we kind of have to, you know take a step back and kind of reflect on, on what makes summer truly awesome. And now I, I know there are a bunch of listeners who I'm speaking to right now who are coming in from Sacramento, from the Bay Area, from Southern California, where in most places there, it's a bazillion degrees outside. It's over 100 at least. And to those people, I say, you're not going to love what I'm about to say. But let me tell you something. As dismal as the news stories can be, as political and as oriented in our own beliefs as we can be, as ferocious as things might seem, we really are in the middle of the summer. I know that seems like a very broad statement. You're probably thinking, what in the world are you on? What I mean by that is, out here in Seattle, at least, and I know some listeners out here are in Seattle. It is beautiful outside. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've had weather in the mid-70s all week. Last week, it was, you know, the highest it got was 80. The lowest it got was like 65. I mean, that's perfect weather. So yeah, I mean, there's been sucky news here and there. But gosh, I mean, on Wednesday night, I gotta be honest, I wasn't feeling too hot. I was feeling kind of low. Not like the David Bowie album low, because if I was feeling that low, I would have been, you know, number one on the charts. But I wasn't feeling that low. I went down to, what was, what was the park called? I forget what, Magnuson Park, I don't, I don't know what it was called. This park by Lake Union. And I sat on the dock and had a view of Queen Anne and the Space Needle. And I was joined by these two individuals who I'd never met before, but they were there for the same reason. They were having a bad day and they wanted to just relax. Ended up talking about, you know, life and, and stuff. Joined by another person who went for a swim. We joined them. In the water, it actually wasn't as cold as we thought. Well, the point I'm trying to make here is, as dark as things might seem, stuff like that, just like getting into the water, just like chilling out by the dock, where you can just forget about all the, the tough stuff, and just, you know, enjoy life, enjoy the fact that you're in a city that, yes, it's depressing nine months out of the year, but right now we're in the middle, smack dab, in the middle of the three months it's the most, where it's the most beautiful city in the United States. Seattle, of course. Because as much respect as I do have for a city like, uh, say, Sacramento, which is where I grew up, it is nice, but right now it's not a nice place to be. San Francisco can almost get too cold. You know, you hear that term, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. It's the truth. It gets cold there. Very cold. But the fact is, you know, it's nice. It's nice out here. And when you're struggling, like in my case, With occasional bouts of depression, in some cases with other people, anxiety or other mental illnesses that, let's be fair, to some degree we don't have control over, or it's kind of hard to contain at certain times. It really helps. It really helps to be in a situation where you can go outside, take a deep breath, relax, and truly enjoy the outsides. Like that's something I did not have back in Sacramento. I didn't. I would have to drive two hours to Bodega Bay to San Francisco, maybe to Tahoe, just to enjoy how nice the outdoors was. Because if I tried to do that in 100 degree heat, I mean, it was 105 at 9 p.m. I mean, went back in the summers in Roseville and Sacramento. And many of you listeners who are from my hometown, who are some of my friends from back then, you know what I'm talking about. It's very hard to get a grasp on how ni- nice the outdoors is when you're frying outside. <laughs> it's a bit tough. But, you know, it's just kind of a... I think it's basically the what I'm trying to also what I'm trying to say is Seattle, from someone who was not lived in Seattle for a very long time. It's been nine months since I moved here. It's been everything, everything I expected, everything that I wished for when I moved up here, all the things that I heard about for like, oh, that's so nice when it's not raining. It's like the most beautiful city ever. All of that talk and all that jazz, it's finally. Coming to fruition. Finally. So just keep that in mind. When everybody tries to tell you, you know, this city's nice, this city's nice, this city's nice. Seattle is where it it is at during the summer. Absolutely where it's at. And that doesn't get talked about enough because we're too busy, you know, sticking our heads in the political sand. Ah, what did Biden say? Ah, what did Tucker Carlson say? (mah) Meh. (mah) Meh. When in reality, we should just sometimes just take a step back and realize, you know what? I'm lucky to be where I am right now. Look at this. Look at this nice weather outside. And even if you're in Sacramento. Well, you're, you're close to Tahoe. You're, you're close to the Bay Area. Heck, you're close to Yosemite. All these different places. It's nice to take a step back. Refresh yourself. Get away from the, the daily grind. Whether it be work or politics or news or, you know, family. <laughs> I know how that can be at times. That wraps up our show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. Uh, again, our thanks to Paul gallant from ESPN 710, who you can hear, again, Mondays through Fridays, 7 to 10, 10 a.m. with uh, Danny O'Neill, and then Just Paul, the Paul Solo show from 10 to 11 a.m. on ESPN 710 Seattle. He's a great guy. We appreciate him. And to you listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with another solid, not solid, legendary Hall of Fame episode on Monday. So stay tuned. We'll catch you then.